This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I have here with me today, as always, on Wednesdays, Jordana Abraham. Hey Jordana, how's it going? Hey Dylan, so good to be back Another another week, another episode. Another week, another episode. Another. Uh, I I was having a moment of deja vu last night as I was watching this episode because you were you were here with me last season to talk about Jersey most weeks, and I just had like a a like that's so Raven like through the eyeball moment of like we're still talking about the love bubble. Yes, well, <laughs> Teresa's think, really uh, holding I, in on it. Yeah, I have like a vivid memory of. Literally 12 months ago, you and I having basically an exact conversation that's like, so we're really still getting mileage out of this love bubble thing, huh? (laughs) I know. It seems like that's kind of like how I'm feeling about, honestly, like a lot of Jersey these days. It's like there's a lot of reliance on these old issues. And I feel like we're starting to feel, I feel like even the cast members, like Melissa showing up to this party could not have felt more like, I guess I'm, I guess this old shit again. <laughs> Mel- Melissa showing up with her like high bun on her head, looking business professional, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's attending a conference, which she looked great. She looked great, but it was very like, everybody else is wearing like a flowy maxi dress. And Melissa's like, I got, I have business to attend to. Yes, it was very much like um, I'm a professional. I'm here to do my job, but like I do not want to be here at all. Which I, I I mean, being a housewife, sometimes you just have to you have to show up. You have to do the job. And I would rather I would rather that be the attitude than like, I don't want to go. I'm not going like some people. See you next week. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, everybody's you got to do what's right for you. Not everybody needs to go to every event. But um, we start this episode after Guys Night with this like bizarre montage of all the women filming their husbands just like, on their Getting iPhones yeah. as they get home. And it's funny because this is the kind of thing where structurally we don't need this in the episode, but it is it is so entertaining to see John Fuda be like, I had like 17, 19 <laughs> shots. <laughs> oh Can't keep up. Initiation. Yeah. I do want to know, like, did a producer text the whole cast and be like, hey, girls, tonight. I feel like the, they would have had to. When right? the guys get home, make, get out your iPhones. <laughs> or like, was did the women come up with it? Like somebody came up with this idea and I... And I'm glad it made it into the final edit because moments like this, I think, are uniquely Jersey in the sense that like on Beverly Hills or on, you know, really any other franchise, I'm like, I don't care what happens when the husbands get home from guys night. I barely want to see guys night. Oh, no. the hu- Yeah. The husbands are like 
to me, like the thing that makes the whole show, it makes Jersey like it gives it its edge. Like there's no other show where the husbands are friends, have their own special drama um, and really like lean into it. I think there's there's no other show where it's like a family affair more than Jersey, which kind of makes sense because they're all about family. Totally. And so, you know, coming off of this guy's night, of course, we got the drama between Louie and Joe Gorga starting to bubble back up again. And so we get sort of dueling scenes of the husbands filling in their wives on what happened to guy's night. And well, I guess uh, Teresa and Louie aren't married yet, but he's her husband. Um, So... (laughs) Louis, t- it, what this was a funny little moment that I picked up on. So Louis tells Teresa that he brought up what Joe said on social media. So he says, I brought up what Joe said. And Teresa's response is like, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with that because my family sucks, right. basically. And in that moment, like, for, okay, the situation is complicated. I'm not saying that Teresa and Louis don't have any reason to be upset. But I'm like, Louis, Louis brought it up. Yeah. I mean, and that's another interesting thing you see on this, I think, between the the relationship between Teresa and Louis, which we've seen before in her relationship with Joe, is when she is in on her man, like he can do no wrong also. And it's kind of just like, I feel like she really worships like whoever she's with. Like she's she's fully in until she's not in. Mm hmm. I also thought it was strange going back to the situation because really the root last week was um, Melissa's mom and sisters not being invited to Teresa and Louis' wedding. And Teresa compares that choice to Louis's family not being invited to Antonia's Sweet 16, which I, I got a lot of blowback last week on Instagram. People had a lot of thoughts about this Melissa's family not being invited thing. And okay. the, the thing that a lot of Teresa fans were saying was it's Teresa's wedding. She can invite whoever she wants. Nobody else gets to tell her who she should and shouldn't invite, which I don't fully disagree with. But I think the thing that to me stuck out as odd was the way that it was, you know, being looked at like, there was no acknowledgement of the fact that you've been in each other's lives for this long. Mm-hmm. You have X, Y, Z experiences together. And, you know, regardless of how things are right now, they've been in each other's lives a long time. Whereas Louis's family has not been in Melissa and Joe's life for yeah. 20 years. And also a sweet 16 is not the same as a wedding. <laughs> yes. And also it seems like they've gotten like, like less close as it seems to be the theme since Louis was in the picture. And so like you would imagine they're even, they barely know Louis's family if they haven't been closer at this time. Whereas with the Gorgas, it kind of ebbs and flows and mm-hmm. there were times of a much bigger closeness. And I agree to an extent, like I do think you can invite whoever you want. It is. Teresa is a grown woman who's paying for her own wedding, I think. Um, and I do think I I do think she has a right to invite or not invite whoever she wants. However, just like everything else that you do in a wedding, it's a statement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not like oh she like massively messed up. It's more like she's making a statement. Just like when you pick your bridesmaids and you don't include your sister in law, but you include your other ones. It's all like statements. They're they're things she's allowed to do, but they're like obviously like I think some people will take 
them for what they are, which is statements of where you stand in someone's life. Nothing like a wedding. When I hosted Betch's Brides, this came up all the time. There's nothing like a wedding that makes you like evaluate who's in your life and who you want around you on this day and who you want like up there close to you. So I think that these are all it would be it would be crazy to say that this was all a meaningless thing. But yes, of course, she has a right to invite whoever she wants. Right. And I and then there's this whole dynamic of the back and forth over who wants peace, who values peace more, who's willing to do what to achieve peace, or whether that's even really the goal here. Um, we, we get the conversation that we saw in the preview where Teresa calls Joe ostensibly to invite him to the Love Bubble housewarming party, but not really. She, yeah. That phone call seemed weirdly aimless to me because she's like, hey, What's going on? Yeah. You good. Okay. Are you not even like, well, I'd like you to come. It's more like, so are you coming? Right. That yeah. was what, to me, that phone call, what was really missing was the, the kind of outreach part of it. That it's like, if you're calling this person that you're having issues with, there needs to be uh, an action item. <laughs> like there has to be like a there has to be a purpose for the phone call. And you know, it's nice that they both say "I love you" when they're hanging up the phone. You know, it's it's good, I guess, that they're not screaming at each other. But when she just says, "Are you coming?" and he's like, "I don't know," that it feels like a missed opportunity because she says, "I want to make peace." If she really, you know, what whatever, I'm not going to harp on Teresa uh, inviting who to what, but like. You said I thought the point of the phone call was to invite right. him. Which I agree with you. Besides the the I love you at the end, there really wasn't anything that was like if the call was truly to make peace, like you've got to let your guard down a little bit. And I don't really feel like either of them were like letting their guard down in this call or expressing any vulnerability. Like it wasn't like she called him and she was like, hey, like I know things have been weird. I want to mm-hmm. like own my part in that. Here's what here's what's been done that makes it that upsets me. I want to move forward. I want to like, that wasn't the conversation. It was like, what are you doing? Are you going to yeah. come? Okay. Love you. Like, that's not real. Right. And then, you know, that's being carried forward by later in the episode. Joe is like, I really just don't want to go. You know, I don't, I don't feel like going. I don't, I don't feel like they really want me there. And, you know, maybe he should have sucked it up and went, but then also if, you know, if Teresa's upset that he's not there, maybe she should have said, I want you there. Right. I mean, at this point, it kind of feels like I don't even remember what they're fighting about. <laughs> like, what is the actual? Well, like, think, is, is yeah. the fight is that is the fight that that they didn't stand up for Louis enough? Is that like what's really is that this fight? Well, I think that I think the whole real center of the issue here from like a viewer's perspective is that there isn't really any central issue of this argument. I think mm-hmm. it feels like we have we're so far removed at this point from any sort of inciting incident or yeah. you know breaking point that it really does feel like if there was any real genuine desire and urge in inside of these people to fix things and move forward they would have done it by now. And yeah. we've seen them try. We've seen them kind of have these fits and starts. But I do think there it does feel like we're reaching this point in the journey where it is becoming clear and has honestly been clear for a little while 
that we're we're not getting anywhere. And so I think there is kind of a, a feeling that maybe this season and the wedding and not attending the wedding and they've been, you know, trashing each other back and forth in the press, you know, since then, basically, like something's got to give. Yeah. And it, I agree to an extent that it's sad. Like there's a part, like especially when you see Melissa talking to um, – like her nieces and it's kind of like she could tell that they hate her and like i could mm-hmm. like the viewer could tell that they kind of hate her too um uh and there's just like and it's sad because like of, i guess of the kids and of, of because they are technically family and the idea of being like estranged from your family is like sad but we also like you said kind of have to remember these people were like we're not really getting rid of something that was ever really that strong. Like they've never really, like I can't really think of like moments from this 10 plus year show where these two people seem like they really liked each other. Like there's very few and far between. There's a lot more bad moments than there are good moments. So to me, it's like, it's sad on like, just like a face value level. But if you actually look at the relationship, like it was never that strong to begin with. Right. There have definitely been periods of peace, but there have not really been periods of genuine warmth and love and yeah, <laughs> affection. Not at all. <laughs> I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with honey love. We'll talk more about the love bubble housewarming in a little bit. I want to talk about Dolores's ever-evolving family journey. And this week, Frankie Jr. and her mom, Valerie, are the the chosen ones to sit down and have a chat. Um, And, you know, we're still talking about Frank and Pauly and, you know, how they're doing with each other. And Dolores, I think, really has the right idea here that she doesn't have an expectation that Frank and Pauly are going to be great friends, but that they should be able to get along for her. Yeah. And I mean, to an extent, I feel like that's sort of like all there is to say about that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Dolores, maybe like this is a little bit of a reach for a storyline for her because that seems to be her personal storyline is like she has a new guy. Is he getting along with her ex-husband? And that's kind of an interesting angle. But like, I feel like they've kind of in by episode two, they've already said all they need to say about this unless something else dramatic happens with this. I don't disagree. I love seeing... Valerie, I think she's a, a sweet lady. It's nice to have a moment with her. I always love seeing Frankie, but it <laughs> it is the kind of thing where it's like, okay, yeah, we 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 get it. We, right. You're right. Good, 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 good for you. I like, <laughs> I do, I like the journey that Dolores is on after so many years of putting her kids first, putting her family first, her relation, her you know, relationship with Frank, even though it wasn't a romantic relationship for a long time. I like that she's finally choosing herself, doing what she wants, doing what she needs for herself first and foremost. I I think that's a you know an empowering vibe to get from Dolores. But I agree that it's in terms of actual story. I think we've now we've hashed it out enough times. Um, let me know when something else happens. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I agree. I very couldn't be happier for Dolores. To me, she's like the most grounded of the housewives who seems to actually be like a voice of reason. Um, And so I'm happy for her. I don't know if that makes for a great storyline, but on a personal note, I am happy that she (laughs) seems like she's doing well. Seems like she found someone who really loves her and isn't like kind of withholding from her, which seems like sort of a a past... um, a past pattern for her relationships. Like this person really wants to be there with her for her. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that for her. <sighs> Jen and Bill. What, what do we think <laughs> about this dinner? <laughs> oh, wow. oh, I mean, I appreciate them bringing the realness to mm. the show. Like they're not, it's not at all. It doesn't feel like glossed over. Like this does feel like a real issue that a couple would have in their marriage. And, um, so I, I I mean, as much as I find Jen to be totally irrational and uh, crazy and wrong most of the time, I do think she's she is really good at like she is who she is. And you're yeah. seeing that on the screen with her and Bill. And she has a point. But I also I mean, we talked about this last time. She has a point. I could see why you don't want your husband always playing devil's advocate. But also like that's sort of the beauty of Bill. That's why he's likable. Right. I think also there is an element of last season when all of the affair stuff was coming out, it was very raw. It was very fresh that it was being discussed. And I know the kids found out about it, which was not something that she was wanting to happen. But in terms of the actual timeline of this relationship, this affair was years ago, many like a decade ago. Yeah. So I do think there is a little bit of a question for me how much 
mileage Jen can really expect to get from Bill out of, well, you did this thing to our family. So I basically get to respond however I want. Yeah. In perpetuity. And like I that I have not been in that situation. I don't begrudge Jennifer having complicated feelings about it, being hurt about it on her own timeline. But when she's basically saying like, Bill, I need you to gas me up from now (laughs) until forever, because remember that time. It's like, I think that maybe is not the healthiest way to move forward. If you've decided that you are moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's an amazing, that's a perfect assessment of what's going on. Um, If you're going to forgive someone and make it work, you can't punish them every single day for it. Um, or the, I mean, you can still work on it in therapy and stuff, but I agree. She's kind of like playing this hand as like, I can do whatever I want. I can get my son the prom limo. I can, you know, I, because like you did this to them. It's not really like the kind of united parental front front you want to be showing right. to your kids, regardless of who did what. And I agree. She would have every right to be like, I'm leaving F you or like, I can't get over this which would be a totally normal thing, but she wants kind of both. She wants to like stay and continue to hold it over his head, which I don't think is going to be great for them long-term. And I think it would be better for her if she just admitted that she hasn't fully forgiven him. They can go to therapy and she can work on, they can work on doing that together. And that would be like a more real resolution instead of whatever's going on here. Right. And to be able to have a mutual understanding that, she is allowed to feel how she feels about what he has done, but also that doesn't mean that she has no issues of her own to work through. Right. Agree. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little rough. I do. I agree with you, though. I like that. I feel like we're seeing a really real conversation between them because they could easily just act like everything is great. Yeah. And as and, most as most couples do in, in every in all of these shows. So I right. think it's I appreciate that she's willing to like bear it all. Now I feel like now that the cat is out of the bag about this cheating stuff, she feels like a lot more comfortable really yeah. getting because even before that, do you remember like before it was out about the cheating, he was like getting her that like massive ring um as like an anniversary gift and they were kind of trying to pretend like they had this perfect marriage. And then I think that like once that came out, she's like, all right forget it. Like, I'm just going to like say what's what. Right. It's like, there's a certain point where you have to realize that you're, you're not going to get as much mileage and you're going to look like sort of a clown pretending that everything is perfect versus having an opportunity to really dig deep and maybe even get people to be more on your side long-term if you're really showing this emotional journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, But Jen, you know, her personal life is one thing. In terms of the social life, she is, you know, working those phones, getting a little messy. (laughs) Because um, Jennifer Fessler, Jen Fessler and Rachel, two of our new ladies, they go to lunch and they mutually realize that Jennifer Aiden has called both of them for one reason or another, and then ended up talking shit about somebody that they are <laughs> friends with. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, she calls Jen Fessler to ask for advice about a marriage counselor. Cause this is something Jen has been open about. Jen Fessler has been open about. Um, and then this somehow segues into talking shit about Margaret, who is Jen Fessler's, closest friend 
on the show, as far as we know. Right. And it's then a, there's, yeah, then there's another situation where she made a comment about uh, Rachel's nose job <laughs> at the mozzarella party. And then <laughs> uh, Jen calls Rachel and they're talking about this. And then she segues into talking shit about Dolores. It's like, Jennifer Aiden, you gotta, you gotta reel it in a little bit. She's really trying to earn her Bravo salary. She's like, I'm on the job talking about, I'm a professional. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to stir stuff up. One thing about Jen, she doesn't have a quiet season. She's never just like observing. She's getting right in there. Yeah. And I think it's, it's no coincidence that all three of the new women on the show this season, Jen Aiden has very clearly put out feelers and tried to get her hooks into all of them within the first couple weeks of filming. And it's, it feels like she's kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And clearly, as we have, as the season develops and watching them, you know, do press and things now, the shit stuck with Danielle Cabral more than it stuck with Rachel and Jen Fessler. But it does feel like a pretty messy strategy to go through all of this kind of shit throwing just to get one of the three people on your team. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like seems to be like solidifying her role as like villain status where it's like, <laughs> I feel like Teresa used to do a lot of this stuff. Like you saw that with the Jackie thing where she just came in hot with the like cheating rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Jen has really taken a lot of the load off of Teresa having to do that by like, she's like, she seems like she's like doing all the dirty work. Right. I picture them. I picture there being a, com- a conversation off the air of Teresa basically telling Jen like, oh yeah, okay, we got three newbies. Okay, you you <laughs> you figure out which one is good and then bring her into our side. <laughs> She's like, let me know which one we like. <laughs> Until then, I'll stay in my love bubble. Pretty much. Like, Teresa can sort of manipulate from a... I think that's something she's probably learned the longer she's been on Housewives. Like, how to manipulate from, like, far away as opposed to getting your hands dirty. And Jen seems very willing and able to take that role off of her hands. Yeah, and later at the party, I think Teresa says that Jen Aiden is not one to take sides, which okay <laughs> was first of all just feels patently false. But also, I'm like, if she's not taking sides, I guess maybe, but only because she's an equal opportunity shit talker, <laughs> right? Just because she just doesn't know what will stick, so there's no reason to take a side yet, yeah. right? Like, just okay. So she's talking shit about Dolores and Margaret and Jackie and Melissa. It's like okay, that's. You're you're taking the side of just being rude to everyone. Right. Being whoever whoever will take it. The the terrible nose job line was so funny and so mean. It was very entertaining to watch. I really liked before the season even started, I had met Rachel at an event in December. And so we followed each other on Instagram and she was doing like a QA after the show had been announced, but before it had aired, and somebody asked about her nose. And she straight up said, she's like, she's like, look, I always talk about this stuff. I have no problem talking about it. I don't like my nose, but I'm not doing, I'm not getting it done again. So it is what it is. This is my nose. Yeah. Okay. Right. And like, I, I think that is the exact right attitude, but it is hilarious that Jennifer, as somebody who is coming off of a fraught nose job storyline last season herself, it's like, girl, this is yeah. a one, it's a one, you, you don't have a leg to stand on. 
You would think she would have a little empathy, too, instead of being like, well, I had a terrible nose job. So I called her to talk about her terrible nose job. It's like she never said her nose job was terrible. You're saying that. So. Right. It's like, that's only OK when I say it. Exactly. <laughs> you got right? exactly. like, You got to like establish that rapport before you're like, oh, right. We both hate our fucking noses. Right. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then uh, Margaret and Dolores, they get together, they call Melissa, they talk about her family not getting invited to the wedding. You know, this is all, I, it's all just leading up to the love bubble housewarming. And of course, like we said before, Joe decides not to go. Melissa attends. Everybody else is there. This is, you know, the first time that everybody is really together because Jackie was not at that uh, mozzarella party. So the first time since the premiere, I guess, that everyone's there. It's, you know, it's a it's a cute little party. We got a, a lady in the bubble in the pool, which Beautiful is not house. my taste, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very on the nose. Um, <laughs> beautiful house. I like I think it's almost it seems crazy to me that this is like the most seamless blending of. Of households mm. I've ever seen, like, is there no drama or no issue at all with merging two families that have never lived with another family together like that both have like teenage kids too it's not like yeah it's not like oh the kids are too little to notice or to care i i agree it's it's really heartwarming and um melania melania makes like tiktok sometimes with louis kids in them like it does seem like everybody kind of just hangs out yeah and really likes each other i'm like what is going on i've never seen something like that before <laughs> well i feel like you're you're tiptoeing around uh a key word that is uh controversial here which is chosen family oh um, yes <laughs> Teresa makes her little speech at the party and she thanks everyone for coming she says we wouldn't want anyone else here this is our chosen family <laughs> um everybody has thoughts about chosen family i i understand where Teresa's coming from but you know given joe's absence and the the drama surrounding that relationship it it is it's a choice yeah i mean it is a choice i don't i also know Teresa kind of just says things and doesn't necessarily fully think them through but maybe it was pointed but she did invite him so yeah i think it would have been ruder to say if she didn't invite him but she did invite him even and to me, I wasn't that worked up about um, about her saying that. To me, it was more like less having to do with Joe and Melissa and more like, okay, we're blending our families. We're choosing to be together. We're not biologically related, um, but we're really happy to be here celebrating like these two families merging into one, which is what the housewarming is. So I don't think everything has to be like about Melissa and Joe. Like I thought it was kind of, nice if taken in that context i yeah, i kind of agree with you i think it got a little overblown i do understand you know for the people within the cast it clearly they're thinking about all of this stuff of like joe joe is not here she said this this must mean this but i think when you're looking at it at the larger context of this is a party with what 50 people there in the backyard. Right. And Teresa is speaking to all of them, not just to the camera. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, yeah, like this is this is all the people that we like in our life. And I think that y you can read it either way. And this is an instance where I'm more inclined to give Teresa the charitable take that it's like, yeah, she just said something nice. Like, right. I agree. It does I don't think it was a dig. I think I think it's a little reaching to say it was. Um, and I mean, 
even if it well even if they're if they're underlying tones it's because there's truth in the fact that like <laughs> that's what's happening like that's right. what's happening considering that there is a version of this event where Teresa could have got up there and been like so ha everybody else everybody in the world that we want here is here and not my uh not my asshole brother. Like, like she could have said that. Yeah. She, I wouldn't put it past her. She said, like, if you look at like the stuff she said about Margaret, like she's not one to be right. like, if she wants to, if she wants to insult you, she'll be direct about it. She won't be like exactly. that. You know what I mean? Like she's never one to shy away from that. Exactly. Whatever you, however you feel about Teresa, good or bad. She, uh, usually is kind of an open book with her feelings. Agree. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. We also get a, a confrontation between uh, Jackie and Danielle at this party um, because Melissa has, of course, told Danielle about the jean shorts coming out of the hamper comment that Jackie made. And so Melissa lets Jackie know that she told Danielle that. And Jackie's like, OK, whatever. I, I said it. I don't mind. She wore them two weeks in a row. I would have said it again. <laughs> two weeks um, in a row. Wow. D Danielle. I I appreciate Danielle's energy where she seems very just like, okay, yeah, bring her over. Let me take her. I got like, what's going on? Yes. The hands, the hands, the hands. <laughs> she is like, she's not at all playing like the subtle, you know, sneaky game. She's very much like, let me get my like nails ready to scratch her face off. <laughs> and I think, I think to Jackie's credit, I think she owns it and she is, you know, kind of like, yeah, I, I I think she's a terrible dresser. Uh, you look good tonight. I uh, good good for you. <laughs> you don't look like you came out of the hamper. Uh, it's obvious that these two are not going to be friends. And I think Danielle also 
by not inviting Jackie to the event at her house, the mozzarella party, like Danielle did something too. Like it, it was like, it's kind of been a back and forth already. So it's, it's nice to see them come face to face, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, the underlying thing here to me, which is obviously not going to be said is that Danielle is Jackie's replacement. And that is probably fueling a lot of her, <sighs> her, her issues and thoughts around that more so than her being so offended by her jean shorts. That is, uh, I think, uh, probably an accurate take. <laughs> the last the last little moment of the episode is, of course, Jennifer being taken to task for all of the shit that she has talked on the phone to various and sundry people. Um, specifically, she was talking to Jen Fessler about Margaret. And Jen Fessler told Margaret that Aiden called her jealous. And Jen says that she said that Margaret was threatened by her not jealous of her. And to me, I don't understand either. <laughs> right. Either description. Because they're so like in different worlds that to me, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, you can always count on Margaret and Jen Aiden to really go below the belt. I think that's one thing. That's what makes their fights so crazy to watch is like, they'll both say anything, no matter how mean it is. Um, <laughs> so that's always brings the entertainment. Right. Like <laughs> the clip that they've played a couple times of later in the season where where Jennifer Aiden is like, it's because I have a family and you would have no clue what that's like. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Is, oh. I mean, Je Jennifer has called Margaret's mom like slutty before. I think <laughs> like that's like most people wouldn't go there, but they're both. Uh, and I mean, obviously, we know Mar Margaret's done to Jen, but. It's like putting like two like cats in a box or whatever and just kind of like, okay, yeah, go. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to watch, but I do want to watch a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it really just, it does come back to the fact that Jen Aiden, I think has been a little careless in how she's gone about the first few episodes of this season. Um, and obviously we're going to see this kind of divide between the cast continue. And I think she has, uh, if anything, drawn the lines in the sand a little quicker because of how she's been, you know, being messy. Agreed. I think this was, it seemed like almost more of like a setup episode than anything too crazy going on in it. Right. Cause I think with, with three new people in the cast, there is a little bit of a sense of those first couple episodes, we're meeting them. They're meeting everyone. They're kind of just introducing themselves and this was the episode where we kind of got a little more of a sense of like where the where the pieces are going to scatter to and we knew that from social media from them doing press and all of this but it really is clear after this episode that it's like okay Jen Fessler and Rachel are like on the Margaret Melissa side of things and Danielle is over and team Teresa yes that was the and lines were, were drawn Right. And Danielle makes sure to to remind us once again of the similarities between her situation with her brother and what Teresa's going through with Joe. And it's like, yeah, OK. We remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was very explicit line drawn when she said it directly to Melissa's face. Right. We, we do remember that you went shopping with her explicitly to say, I think it's always the wife's fault. <laughs> Uh, Jersey, not one for subtlety necessarily, but boy, is it entertaining. 100%. Very different, very different, like, uh, execution of drama than, say, like, Beverly Hills or something. 
Yeah, Beverly Hills, which they started filming again last week. They've posted numerous group scenes, group photos all together again with just the six of them because Diana and Rinna both left. And there's not an inkling yet of like, is does anybody have drama with anybody? Are we... <laughs> right. They got rid of a lot of the drama. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Garcelle was on the Sherry Shepard show yesterday and she was very like, fuck Rinna, basically. But she also... <laughs> She ref- she mentioned how she and Sutton are seen as like the favorites, which kind of makes me nervous because I'm like, oh, l- let us say that to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to say it. Right. Right. Like, let let us be the ones who like you, not like you be like, everybody likes me so much. That makes you a little less likable when you're like. <laughs> right. Like part of being the fan favorite is maybe because you it felt like you were like under attack a little bit. And yeah. You know, the, the tides can change. The most popular girl in school doesn't go around saying she's the most popular girl in school. It's just known. <laughs> oh, that is such a good point. Yeah, right? Like you have to be like a, a low key, low key <laughs> yes, popular. Nobody exactly. likes the Regina George. <laughs> or you're a villain. Yeah. Uh, well, Jordana, thank you so much for being here as always. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'll be back next week. Back next week with more Jersey to discuss. Uh, will the love bubble get popped? We shall see. Maybe in 2024. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. We have lots of great stuff coming up. Danielle Oliveira from Summerhouse was on the podcast on Monday. I thought it was a great conversation. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and listen to it. And, uh, you know, more guests coming up soon. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.